Hello, I'm King Navasa, and you're listening to Celebrating Caymanians Overseas, Out of Sight, Not Out of Mind. Today we have a very special guest, and by very special I mean she's the CEO, thank you, and the founder of Cayman Connection. We have Kate Kandaya, magnificent, doesn't quite cover it. I love this lady. I'm not going to keep this intro any longer because we have an extended episode. Kate has so much to share and let's delve into it. Let's get her on the line. We have with us today the fabulous and splendiferous. (laughs) Splendiferous Kate Kandaya. Yes. Say hi. Hi, it is beautifully pronounced, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love Splendiferous. I am, I'm definitely keeping that one. Thank you. I say Splendiferous because I saw you in this amazing quote. Was it over the holiday? Oh, it was your right. son's um, That's right. ceremony. Right, Remembrance Day. He had a ceremony for the CCF yeah. Remembrance Day. He had a new coat. And I it was wasn't... new. I was so glad that you noticed it. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I'm like, okay, that's kind of iconic. You go, Kate. <laughs> Brilliant. So um, you have a lot of uh, caps and founder of, is it founder? Founder of Cayman Connection. Founder, executive director, CEO, we've got a few names. Yeah, yeah, fill in all the blanks. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, absolutely wonderful. Kate, not a lot of people might pick up on you by name, but I could tell you over the last 10 years, the the list of amazing things you've done. (laughs) You kind of stay behind the scenes a lot, don't you? I do. Oh, let's get into some of that today let's learn about kate and the amazing things that you do career-wise and your hobbies uh but first of all i want to learn about well you we want to learn about you who is kate kandaya so let's reel it all the way back to your Cayman connection tell me your earliest memories of Cayman, your best memories of Cayman, where you grew up your favorite things to do take me on a walk with you Alrighty, I love this. I love this. Um, and I think sometimes we don't think about it enough. But yes, so I am born in Georgetown and Georgetown Hospital. And my parents moved to the Cayman Islands in 1974, Peter and Julia Kandaya. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a they, they rented a little shack on the beach in South Sound and have been in that same house ever since. So um, that's uh, that's where I grew up in this in this little little pink house at that time. Um, it's a little little pink bungalow. It's changed a lot over the years, but my memories, my early memories, are very much from that little pink bungalow with screens all around. You know that that classic kind of. Is it still pink? I know they did some modifications. Yeah, it's yellow now. It's yellow. Oh. Anyway, so my early memories are very much from that house and um, and growing up there. What a special place to grow up. I went to school at St. Ignatius, a Catholic school. Oh, yay! Well, I did my A-levels there. Oh, very good. Well, back then we didn't have the opportunity to stay on A levels because it was it was just a prep school, so mm. we had no choice but to leave uh, because we got to the end of the school. So, <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it there. I remember Sister Caritas. I remember sweeping the school hall at lunchtime, and I can't quite remember whether I was sweeping the hall at lunchtime out of the goodness of my heart or maybe it was some kind of a, a punishment. punishment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think it was it was the former, but. Um, 
um, but I don't know. I remember patties and lollipops at lunchtime, oh, and yeah. I remember the I remember the warmth and just the feeling there. When I see the school now, and I see all the air conditioned blocks and all these big buildings, I'm yeah. like, oh, it wasn't like that when I was there. No AC, yeah. just very very small, very quaint. Um, I also remember the people, people really that I think of. Um, my next door neighbor, Ella, was really poignant in the early part of my life. Um, Ella, born Hurlston, uh, married Jackson, and I, I remember her uh, later years as being Ella Latter. And she lived next door, uh, older Caymanian lady, and my mum would visit her every single day, every single day for as long as I lived, as long as she lived. <laughs> going over there for the gossip. <laughs> going over for the gossip, for the tea, for the company. Yeah. <laughs> um, when her husband died, my mum was very conscious that she was on her own and she just liked it. So, and she always used to say to me, have you visited Ella yet? Have you visited Ella yet? And when I was really, when I was much younger, you know, when you're much younger, you don't really understand the importance of that. You don't understand the importance of your elders or history or That's everything like that. Yeah. There were a couple of times I was like, oh, God, there's Ella. Like, why does she keep making me do this? But then I would go there and I would sit for hours with Ella hearing old Caymanian stories and yeah. how life used to be like. And those moments were so precious, but I didn't realize how precious they were then. To me, it was just normal. I was just sitting with my elderly neighbor <laughs> drinking tea oh, or whatever, juice. And talking of people, I also lived down the beach from Miss Lassie. So I would go and visit her down the beach. Um, again, eccentric neighbor I didn't think much of, really. But but now when you think about it, um, so special, those really special early connections with um, with my older Caymanian neighbors is, is sort of... That is really special because right now they've turned Miss Lassie into an icon for the, her, the, the painting she did around her house. So now it's yeah. a national landmark. Like I, I, I realized there was much more significance in what she was doing. And I actually um, lived close to a place called Charleston Manor in the UK for a while. And that was um, housed many um, artistic eccentrics, uh, the Bloomsbury Group, and they painted their entire house. And so, again, this is kind of like a Cayman UK connection. I was oh, like, around this house, and it was Virginia Woolf and 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 the Bells, uh, this um, very eccentric group. And um, the whole house was painted, the mirrors, the, I remember particularly the lampshades, things that were painted. And I just kept thinking, Miss Lassie, Miss Lassie. Like so hand-painted, they hand-painted everything. Hand-painted everything, just like Miss Lassie did. Mm -hmm. So um, that inspired me to do a bit more more study into that and to, to learn more. More, more study? I, I would expect you to pick up the paintbrush too. Oh yeah, no, 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 not really. But yeah, insider art and comparing Miss Lassie to, to UK icons uh, as well. But that's a digression, but it's all part of, of my growing it's up beautiful. in man and and, um, and what I remember. So would you Phoenix, say- Phoenix have a big a big place in my, my early history as well, I recall. Sorry, what, what has a big place in your early history? Ginnips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me this, did you, buy your guineps or did you get them as a gift or did you go down in the bush and hunt them we went down in the bush and hunted them yes <laughs> not only that but then we used to stand on um you sold guineps yeah guineps and lemonade on the side of the road i'm not sure that's really allowed but i was only like eight or nine so or even it... younger, seven six five you know it was that was early much we'd set up a little trestle table and have guineps and lemonade and sell them on the side oh. of the road on walker's road people were so sweet they'd stop by they didn't want guineps they didn't want lemonade they were just trying to support us oh. like, it was 25 cents for lemonade <laughs> sweet. so was it was it only guineps mostly or were there other things that you would go down and fetch from the bus bush 
Yinips and, um, well, not really the bush, but coconuts, definitely a lot of coconuts. Um, Call that down in the bush. <laughs> Call that down in the bush, good, okay. <laughs> yeah, yinips, coconuts, mangoes, and what I call Bernie beads. I don't know what they're actually called. The Bernie beads, we used to collect those two. Oh. Ones you you um, rub them against the concrete and then burn people with? Yes, in the spiked shell. Yes. I don't know what they're actually called either, but we used to call, we used to call them knackers. <laughs> yeah, knackers, knackers. We call that's them right. burnegies, knackers. Yeah, all of that. So that's oh my god! And that that's something I feel will never die. Well, I don't know if the kids are still doing it, but I was doing it right up to high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just avoiding the maiden plum and getting right in there. There was so much more undergrowth in those days, though. Um, I bet. You know, the gooties and the crabs that used to come across the road, all of that stuff that, you oh, know, you yes. I had some fantastic babysitters growing okay. up. Real characters. <clears throat> Mrs. Bush was, will always stay in my memory, and she used to come around, she used to walk in. And I was watching television, I'd be about six, seven. I'd be clearly sitting there watching television, quite obvious what I was doing. And she'd come in, she'd go, what you doing, Katie? And I'd be like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm watching, I'm clearly watching television. Like, it was her way of like talking to me, not actually asking what I was doing, because she could see what I was doing. Yeah. But I had that memory of, of, of needing to explain what I was doing. Okay. She used to love ice cream, but she used to pretend that she didn't. So we would always make sure we had lots of ice cream in the freezer and we'd offer her ice cream, but she'd never want to take it. She'd be like, no, 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 I don't ask. But then the next morning we'd see that she'd gone right down and she'd try and get it from the bottom <laughs> of the tub so that you couldn't see that it had been taken. And we all knew it. We knew, she knew, but it was just our little thing, you know, potentially wasn't. Growing up in South Sound, would you say this this helped kind of form a base identity for you? Like, it's stuff you don't realize when you're young, but when you get older. Absolutely, no question. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's it, it's who you are. It's what you, what you understand. I mean, you, you're born into this. This is your world. You don't question it when you're that young, but this is who you are and this is your world and you accept it and you, you live by it. And it's only when you start to get a bit older and your circumstances change, your, your reality changes, you move, which we'll get onto, that you start to kind of question and look at all of that. And um, particularly with, you know, we've talked about cultural identity in the past, particularly with um, Caribbean diasporas all around the world and, and what does that look like what is the makeup the demographic makeup of that um you know being a classic white expatriate expatriate caymanian as i am so my parents moved to the cayman islands um they were i'm not multi-generational so what does that make me and i it, it's really i i'm great with it now um there were a lot of there were many years where i really questioned that and i questioned what that looked like and, and what is a caymanian and can i really be caymanian and and a lot of these questions that i think a lot of us ask ourselves i'm caymanian through and through as far as i can as, as far as i can feel and as far as i am um and we i gave think, you the badge long time i was proud that my parents had both been awarded um caymanian status before i was born um oh, uh, virtue, my, my mother by virtue of all the amazing work that she did from the minute she stepped on the island setting up pink ladies constantly doing community work constantly working with um helping people and, and raising funds for much needed causes in the early days mm -hmm. and I, that's, that's actually where i met your mom i was at a pink ladies function Ah. And I, the thing is, I didn't recognize because I met her before at a Cayman Connection event, but they, her face didn't stick. I'm so sorry. She's going to listen to this and be like, oh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then I saw her there and she stared at me 
And like, it was a look to kind of say, I know you and I'm coming over to say hi in a second. And I got nervous because I'm like, I don't think I recognize this lady. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, you, I'm Kate's mom. And I felt like so much guilt. I was like, yeah, it makes sense now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but a phenomenal event. We went in there. I think it was a holiday event and Shed organized it. Like, um, Probably. The little shop bazaar, bazaar. Yeah, yeah, the bazaar. That's what bizarre. it was. Well, that takes a lot of work. I, I get the right. Inside. It came on a bee. Yeah, yeah. Love it. So yes, that's a testament to the beautiful and wonderful work your mother does. And of yeah. course, Pink Ladies. That's associated with the cafe as well, right? At the, the used to be It was. Yeah, absolutely. The they set up the cafe in the hospital. Yeah. I spent right. many times in there. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, my yeah. mother used to just leave me in there. Wait for me after work, whatever the case might be. Okay. That's so. right. Yeah. So I used to work there with my mum as well, um, oh. volunteering, obviously. And that's I first learned about serving up and the Cayman dishes. And I was very young. And it was more because, you know, she didn't have anything to do with me. So she'd bring me along to her set her, her shifts at, at yeah. the coffee shop. And it would be part of what I would do uh, as, as a young child. On your father, I don't think I've met your father. Oh, my father, Peter Kandaya, wonderful man, wonderful man. Uh, again, quietly going about doing wonderful things for the island. He stays behind the scenes on his um, charity work and he's um, he, he does a lot. So he, he came over expecting to just be here a year. I think they had the traveler heart and wanted to go travel and do things and they just completely fell in love with it. Um, and are here you know, nearly 50 years later, so. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. He, 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 to this day, over 80, he keeps telling me about these new charity initiatives that are happening, this community farm in West Bay or in Savannah and, and this this mental health institution in West Bay. Like he's doing so much. I'm so proud of my parents. They're amazing. So if I can be I'm like- proud of No, I want to be like your dad. <laughs> Sounds amazing. They rubbed off well on you. They've raised you well because this is stuff I see you doing as well. Like as part of your passion. So look at that. Let's talk about the move. So when did you move from Cayman and end up in the UK? So <clears throat> the move happened for boarding school, the dreaded boarding school that happened, um, still happens now, actually. I understand a lot of people still going off to boarding school, but mm -hmm. um, when I went, certainly my brother had been before me and a few of our sort of close friends were all going to boarding school. So um, I was nine when I left. I was okay about it because, as I say, I had friends and, and, and my brother who'd already gone across. But right. that was a that's a big change. That's a big change for somebody who has been born, was born and grew up in in a small island like Cayman, particularly oh, as it yeah. was then. Now, you know, it's a lot more cosmopolitan. It's not quite developed, so maybe it's not quite such a, a culture shock. But certainly back then. That was a really big deal at such a at such a young age. So yeah. you left for boarding school, you got stuck. <laughs> yeah, so I left for boarding school and I was back and forth um, through through boarding school, um, through sixth form, and then I went to university in Ireland, wanted to explore a bit more of the world and always obviously intended to come back. But life happens, doesn't it? Life happens and you meet people and you go in different directions, but uh, Cayman was always still in my heart, um, very much in my soul. Um, and uh, yeah, so so things led me in different directions. So um, <laughs> I came back. I've I've been backwards and forwards, living in Cayman and then living in the UK. It's been very much a, you a got backwards the, and forwards. You got the balance. Years. Yeah, you got the yeah. balance, which I aspire to. But I'm just on one side for now, with my heart on the other. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So you did some work with the London office, the Cayman Islands London office. So yeah, I did. Um, fresh out of university, not sure what to do next, uh, looking at career options. Um, but really, my my heart always being at home. Um, this was interesting actually because I, I I found out through a friend of a friend that the Cayman Islands had an office in the UK, which I didn't know about. Um, but it was presented to me as the as the tourism office. Um, so when I was looking at uh, career opportunities and what was happening, that seemed to fit very well, and I was very keen to to get involved if possible. So I'd actually approached or wrote wrote a. Uh, a letter to the then regional manager of tourism, Don McDougall, but not realizing that there was a tourism office and the Cayman Islands government office, um, I'd actually addressed it co Jennifer Dilbert, the Cayman Islands government office, mixing up the two, which I think is actually a relevant point because certainly then, and I hope now we're, we're overcoming this, um, there wasn't really an understanding of what the offices were and what they did and who they were and was it tourism or was it government? Um, so so that sort of early confusion for me is quite significant in, in the path that I took because although I thought I was applying to the, the tourism office, uh, the letter actually went to Jennifer Dilbert, who was the then representative and she contacted me. Um, we went through a series of interviews um, and there was actually an opening, which I didn't know about, uh, but I had inadvertently applied for. So um, I was really, really happy to get that job as um, then the, the assistant representative um, and absolutely loved it. So I thought it was amusing that I had actually applied for the tourism role, uh, but but uh, but went into government. So when when Don McDougall found out, interestingly, he, he didn't know that I'd actually initially, and obviously when I started working there, started working with tourism, he was uh, he was like, oh, I just wish that letter had come to me, <laughs> which was really quite sweet. So it kind of came full circle, didn't it? Because now you have your own company called Angel Overseas. Could you tell us a bit about what, what, what that's about? Yeah, sure. So... Um, I started Angel Overseas um, uh, towards the end of my time working with Department of Tourism, uh, setting up, it's basically a consultancy assisting people who live overseas with their interests in the UK. Um, this was started in 2011 and I basically had a number of different clients um, helping them with, with various activities. A lot of it actually turned out to be property. So I did a lot of property management and property maintenance, had a large portfolio of property of people who lived overseas managing short lets or long lets. And it um, it got quite heavy on the property. And I, I realized I'd, I'd come into a world that I hadn't actually intended to be in. Um, but at the same time, I was consulting for a number of different agencies, um, including assisting the Cayman Islands government on various initiatives and ad hoc events um, and also working with the diaspora, which was something that was very, very close to my heart, having worked both in the Cayman Islands government office and the Department of Tourism. So um, thing, one thing led to another and, and we, we developed some ideas together. Yeah, and you could go ahead. Cayman Connection was birthed from that. Connection yes. was born. Yes, yes. <laughs> Exactly. So get so, into that story. Gradually, I understood that I was not alone in my wanting to keep my close connection to home and my ties to home of those of us that, that I knew over overseas, constantly meeting people that, you know, wanted to stay connected, wanted to do things to do with Cayman and, and you know, 
And my feeling was really that there was no sort of central point for all these people that loved the Cayman Islands. There was no central point for them to get together. There was a government office doing wonderful things. There was a tourism department promoting the Cayman Islands and doing fantastic things. There was the Friends of Cayman, a, um, a group of, of directors and, and high level um, uh, people helping the Cayman Islands government in terms of investments and, mm -hmm. and information about business. But there was nothing connecting all of these people. Then, of course, of all the students that were coming over that we do a lot of work with. Um, but there was nothing connecting all of pe these people. And that's, to me, what I felt was missing. It just felt like lots of fantastic things going on with nothing to pull them together, which is why I... Um, in conjunction with the Cayman Islands Government Office and the Department of Tourism pulled together um, Cayman Connection. Um, yeah. I wasn't working with either of them at the time, but they understood the idea. Um, a lot of people didn't understand the idea at first. It was amazing. It took years. I'm like, but wait, what, why? And what does it do? How? You know, it, it took many years. And I go, oh, right. And the more people got engaged and the more people were involved. You know, they kind of understood the value in that. And and the value in, in Cayman Connection as a membership network is has so many facets, so many. Obviously, for oh, yeah. those of us who are involved in it, keeping connected to each other, helping each other, having that feeling of community, but also for Cayman back home. Like, these are people who love our islands, who can speak well of our islands, who can help in times of need and who are ready on the pulse and want to, to get involved in things. Uh, and so on both sides, it's it, there's just so much value in it. And I, I, I've Absolutely. just so loved seeing it grow. Absolutely. And of course, this year is a it's a it's a big deal because this is the 10 year anniversary. It is. It is. I couldn't believe it. I when I realized that I'm like, wow, I launched in 2012. Yeah. And gosh, I remember that and pulling it together and just like, oh, what is this? And I remember our first annual reception at, um, it was actually at uh, the National Gallery, uh, thanks to Natalie and team. Yes. And Governor Kilpatrick came along and it was at that first reception where I was launching what Came in Connection was all about. We had a great turnout. We had really, we had oh, well, yes. gosh, over 150 people. Oh, we had oh, all oh. people who were starting to understand what connecting Caymanians overseas Oh yes, I think we, we recruited a lot that day uh, in yeah. terms of in terms of helping people decide to to choose the UK as, yeah. uh, as their destination to study. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, we'll have the Cayman connection there, so we won't feel yeah. so homesick. Which is my big yeah. part about it. It's it's that sense of community that I get from it. And I'm gonna throw it in there. I was happy to jump in from the start. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 essentially our t our ten year anniversary as I will it say is. as friends yeah. right now. It yeah, is. <laughs> it is. That's lovely. And actually, it was it was at that event that um, Governor Kilpatrick. You know, she came. She said, "I love this. It makes so much sense to me, and and we want to be involved. We want to be a part of this because obviously, you know, the government's already involved to a certain extent. But you know, the governor, obviously, with that UK connection, and um, and she said, no, we want to host these. We want to host these annual events at yes. Governor's residence because to us this is really important. And so since then, we've we've hosted our annual receptions at the at the Governor's residence, which is it's amazing. It was also clear that the entity." benefited from being uh, 
part private sector and part government. It was really, our government affiliation is really, really important so that Caymanians overseas understand that government is there for them. They're there to help them and they're supporting them. And there's so many levels of why that's important. Um, but it's also important, the private sector and engaged um, because then those who are connected to Cayman Connection understand that it's a, it's a, it's a holistic organization. So Cayman Connection was actually set up as a not-for-profit profit legal entity in the UK in uh, 2019. Um, so prior to that, it had been an unofficial organization pulling together with government and private sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really felt it, it needed something more formal, uh, particularly when it came to fundraising and funding. So we've set up as a community interest company, which is not a charity, but it's a social enterprise. And that was quite specific in that choice because we wanted the organization to to be able to not only raise funds, but to provide services so that our members, people that we work with, can actually provide a service that they get paid for. Um, the, the company then has an income through not just not just the fundraising as a saver services, but that also then goes feeds back into Caymanians who are overseas who may need a little extra funding, whether they're students or whether they are, you know, just coming out of college or whether they're in between jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can then see what services we have out there and fund through Cayman Connection, which then kind of brings the whole loop right nicely around in that. In that. In that organization so yeah so that's but- where we are now really happy i mean so it, even though came connection as a as an unofficial organization has been going since 2012 it's really only in the last year that we've we've had the funding to to kind of grow and develop into what came connection is now so oh yes what i love about came connection is all the seemingly little connections that you make and i say seemingly because each heart you touch and each person you connect is an accomplishment. That to me is what that's about. And knowing how, I mean, I mean, you said uh, at the top of the call, you said, you know, you kind of stay behind the scenes. I, I do a bit, really, because yeah. it's not about me. It's not the Kate show. It's about Cayman and it's about Caymanians. And what really makes it for me is when people turn around and they say, do you know, Kate, if it wasn't for you, or if it wasn't for Cayman Connection, I would have never started that business, or I would never have developed that idea. Yes. Or if, if it wasn't for Cayman Connection, I wouldn't have met this person who led me onto this. And it's those moments that are my accomplishments. It's those moments where I go, yes, this is what it's all about. And uh, some remarkable things I'd like to mention, um, some achievements were um, the inaugural Cayman Day, I am still buzzing about that. So, um, okay, my connection put that on uh, last year, 2021, September, and now that's been accepted as a as as and expected as an annual event backed by the backed by the government. Absolutely. Well, I have to say, I have to interject there to say that it, it actually very much, that event very much came from the government. Um, in Ireland's government office, UK, I remember sitting around a boardroom and discussing all the initiatives. And I remember that that conversation, we said, came on day, and, and you know, we talked a lot about what that would look like and, and what it was, who it was for, and, and spend a lot of time on that because, you know, you could go 
many ways with that. And obviously we do a lot of promotional events in the UK that are quite high net worth or they're promotional or whatever else. And I think we all agreed, no, this is about Kimanians. This is about culture and, and heritage. And um, what I find really satisfying about that is that obviously, you know, they entrusted came in connection to, to, to put this together, um, which is an honor. Um, but also the fact that there are many ideas. I mean, over the last 10 years, the number of people that come to me with fantastic ideas, and I wish we could do them all. I really, really do. But some of them are just, you know, having done what I've done, I know what it takes behind the scenes to do something like that in cost and resources and people. And sometimes, you know, you just have to kind of go, let's be realistic, what can we actually do? But one of the really satisfying things about Cayman Day was like, yes, this is an idea, let's make it happen. And it's those ideas that you can make happen, which are so satisfying because you can go, you know what, we're not just all about ideas. We're not just having ideas, but we're making these things come to life. Um, and that's, 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 that's fantastic. And working with so many people, like for all of the, the initiatives that we've done, you know, we've worked with private sector, we've worked with government, we've worked with volunteers, we've worked with partners, and it takes all of those people to, to pull these things together. It takes a network, you know. The whole network. These yeah. are things that the government themselves, or it's Cayman's government office UK particularly that we work with, you know, might not have the time or resources to be able to do, but they want to do it, they want to support it. Likewise, we wouldn't, but that's where we reach out to the private sector. And obviously, you know, a lot of, we've had a lot of support from private sector who want to be involved and engaged in positive stuff for Cayman overseas. You see, that's why I mentioned that in particular because it made such a wave. It went, like clips of it went viral on some of the, the Cayman sites and stuff. And they're like, what are you guys doing over there? And I was just like, we're celebrating Cayman. <laughs> so, it's funny because Jennifer Dilbert, who I worked with in the early days in the Cayman's government office, mentioned to me, she said, yeah, we did one of these. I was like, did we? She said, yeah. Um, we, um, I used to have a pub in the countryside many, many moons ago when I was working for Cayman's government office. And we did, we had, we hosted a little mini, we had flags and we did Cayman food and we had a few people there. That was before there was really a network. So there must have been you know, 10 or 12 people there or something. But um, I'd actually forgotten that we'd kind of been doing these little things over the years, um, lots of things going on. And this was sort of like a culmination in all of those ideas and all of those people and really kind of go, right, we're going to do this. Let's do this. And, yeah. and one of my favorite quotes from our social media, so much activity that over all the event, one of my favorite ones was someone who said, you know, is it weird that I'm in Cayman at the moment, but I actually want to be there with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the middle of London, pretending we're in Cayman. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, success. <laughs> That's why I wanted to mention it because it made such waves and it, it just, it was kind of, people saw it and they, it was like us saying, we're here. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we can see that. <laughs> so that's why I mentioned it. it. It made a mark for me mentally. Very Another cool. one was say, people saying, someone who was there saying, you know, I feel like I've got more Cayman culture here in this one day than I have in the last five years in Cayman. Oh <laughs> people are really fact, bringing it to the fore. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, I, just to add to that, having come back to Cayman now the first time in two and a half years because of COVID, I'm really feeling that too. That Cayman connection that I've had in the last two and a half years of being away from Cayman with you all mm -hmm. has given me back my sense of 
Caymanness, <laughs> my Caymanness, my my Caymanness, because you know I've 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 had that through the network, even though I haven't been able to get home, and that's incredible for me. Let alone you know, I keep thinking I'm we're doing this for other people, but really we're doing this for ourselves as well. And I can <laughs> everyone benefits, but yeah, yeah, I, it, that's beautiful. The magic can happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, claim it, Kate. Quick question. Before I move on, do you plan to move back to Cayman? Because you've been working in the UK, so that's where you started your family. Um, And uh, fast forward, do you think you'll be moving back permanently at some point? Absolutely. Oh. That's that's definitely the plan. Um, I can't stay away for too long. We really, when we got the kids in school, it, we really want to see them through their school career. And, you know, we talked about moving them back here, but I think the disruption in their school, they were pretty settled. Um, and I think that kind of disruption, we just felt that we, we can hold off going back there. Let's, let's see them through the journey they're on at the moment. As soon as they get past A-levels, see ya. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They get them past A-levels and, you know, they'll be off to university or working and maybe they want to move back to Cayman. I mean, they love Cayman too, so much. Um, they come with you during break. They come, yeah, yeah, they were here for Christmas and they, they love it. <laughs> I Being back in Cayman now for the first time in over three years mm-hmm. has brought a new perspective onto Cayman Connection for me. And that was bumping into Tyler the other day. Who's oh, one yay! Of and we hopefully will talk all about that as well as a really cool thing that we did. Um, yes. But what it meant to me was bumping into him, who I only met through Cayman Connection, through being a Caymanian overseas. I now see him in Cayman, and we've shared a really meaningful experience overseas, which we now have, and we now bring back to Cayman. So when we see each other, we're like, wow, we've shared something really meaningful and moving, and now we're bringing that back to Cayman, and it's just, it's coming full circle. And so that that was amazing. So I'm just smiling through the whole thing because um, I know I know the history, but it's about sharing it with the listeners and um, some newcomers as well. And um, I have some significant moments with Cayman Connection. And I'll say from the beginning, back in 2012, when um, it was just a voluntary organization, we um, I was one of your first uh student ambassadors and I talked my my university into letting me take over one of the campus bars to do a mini Pirates Week festival sort of in conjunction with Cayman well not conjunction but it was happening around the same time and that only happened because of your support I got a bunch of the societies together and we reached out to the Caymans in the area anyway we were dressed as pirates we had we we did the thing and um yeah that was sort of when we met that was the first time we met because you drove up and then fast forward 10 years literally 10 years uh another life-changing thing well it's no secret that I had some serious weight issues some struggles with my body and went been through a, a serious journey but then it got to the point where I needed some medical help and um, I started my own fundraiser but through Cayman Connection um, I've gotten so much support in the form of well like people themselves donating and spreading the word and motivating me encouragement but especially 
what you've done, which was um, you decided to take it a bit further and you personally ran a 5K. You called it the 5454 King. <laughs> it was a 5K setup. You ran for five weeks um, to help raise funds toward my uh, GoFundMe fundraiser, which I, I t entitled um, Reclaiming My Life. And um, once you had finished your first five weeks, you passed the baton to another K-Mind Connection member who was also one of my best friends. Uh, it was a surprise to me as well. Tyler, I call him TC, but Tyler Phillips. And um, we made it, we made the goal. I mean, there were some adjustments along the way about finding different doctors, etc. But I'm sitting talking to you now after having the surgery and it was only possible through it was only possible through your encouragement, your support, the support of the Cayman Connection Network. I just felt complete love and I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful. So I can literally say Cayman Connection has changed my life. Thank you. The fabulous Miss Kate, you have changed my life forever. And I know you're a blessing on every Caymanian and otherwise everyone who walks through your, your path. I know you're just amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, I just had to get that in. Okay. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> well, as, I, as I always say, Kim, like, there's, there's a few things I always say, particularly with Cayman Connection, and that is like life, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So the people who approach Cayman Connection, and say how can I help what can I do and get involved those I think are the people who are getting the most getting a lot out of it um, and then we try and reach other people so you know you've always been someone who's so involved and engaged and and it, it just it makes sense for that for for Cayman Connection to give back to you so and that's that's what it's all about that's what it's all about so I'm holding um, back tears but thank you selfishly <laughs> again all about Cayman Connection is so I ran five five Ks in five weeks which is completely unheard of for me um, but the beauty of it is, is that I, I had the drive. I, I, I was able to do it for you and I was, I had something I really believed in. Otherwise I would never have got out there and, and, and run that much. You know, I'm not a runner. I, I don't like running, but I had a reason <laughs> to. And that reason helped drive me and it helped get me fit. And so win-win, <laughs> I'm oh, winning. Yes. We shared now a bond that we won't get too personal about, but <laughs> thank you, Kate. Oh, all right let's get some of the emotions away <laughs> okay kate shake it up it's a little special. so i'm doing this little okay. section now i'm calling it kate's favorite things all right kate's favorite things let's go what's your favorite animal horse but i also your love horse. horses and dogs your favorite song? Weird. I don't know if it's weird or not, but um, I think one of the one of my favorite songs, without doubt, is is James Taylor's "You Got a Friend." And is I, that the one that goes, "You got a friend in me"? No. Uh, no, that's not that one. It's that's um, Toy Story. Fire, yeah, Fire and Rain. James Taylor, Fire and Rain, um, and it goes. Um, I've seen fire and I've seen rain and it talks all about like how, you know, difficult life is, but it's all about um, you got me and, and, you know, I'll be your friend forever. And it's lovely. Oh! Okay. I need to write that down. A little bit of James Taylor. I like that. Okay. Your favorite place to travel alone. Favorite place to travel alone. Mm -hmm. Little Cayman. You gotta love Little Cayman. I've only been once and yeah, 
I need to go back. Your favorite color right now. My favorite color right now is blue. And you're wearing it. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. And your favorite book. I knew you were going to do that. I have loads of favorite books. Um, I love Michael Ondaatje. Um, he is a uh, Sri Lankan writer, actually, but he writes a lot about um, cultural identity, and uh, I do enjoy all of his novels. Okay. So I'm going to say all of them. Yeah. Oh, oh, ever... Well, on that note, <laughs> go ahead. Cayman Connection Book Club, oh, working yeah. working with um, Antonio Arch on a Cayman Connection Caribbean Book Club. So oh, we I will love Antonio. Some of these, some of my favorite Caribbean books, and some of his. Um, we're going to touch on post-colonial literature, but also in some of the fun Caribbean literature that's out there as well. So Yay! Tune. And well, since we're talking about what you know, the clubs we're doing in Cayman Connection. What are your plans for 2022? What are the plans for Cayman Connection? Just really quickly. So many, really quickly? Oh. Rattle it off, just rattle it off. Because as you said, so many. The clubs are a big thing, the clubs are a big thing. What we realized is we have a wide membership. We have nearly 2,000 members um, and all over the world. And as you can imagine, within those 2,000 members, everybody has sort of quite specific interests. Um, the main one being Cayman, but actually within that, we've got some people interested in cooking, they really want to focus on that, some people are interested in literature, and we've got people who are interested in nature and uh, understanding plants and herbs and um, well and uh, nutrition. So we've been toying with this idea for, for a while, but this year we really want to launch our clubs. So we've got Cayman Connection uh, Book Club, we've got Cook Club, mm-hmm. we've got Bush Club. Yes. Yes. Um, and we're actually also looking at a, um, a financial management club, which sounds a bit boring, but it's about budgeting. It's about understanding your finances and all of the things that are actually really important to, you know, day-to-day living that they might not teach you in, in school, but it's really important. Um, so a number of different clubs to be launched and more information will, will be on that. We can't do everything for free, unfortunately. So some of these clubs will involve trips out. For example, we're planning a trip in March with the with Bush Club to go and do a herbal walking tour uh, with, a, <laughs> with a Cayman Connection member who used to live in Cayman and now is a herbalist in, um, in Stratford. And we do those in conjunction with Eric Leacock over here so that we compare um, botanicals. So Cayman um, herbs and nature compared with UK herbs and nature and, and the benefits that we get from them. So um, recommend everyone, anyone who's interested in, in nature and, and the importance of nature to get involved in that. Oh, yes. Um, Obviously, yes, Cayman Day, Cayman Day number two, happening on the 17th of September. Oh, there's a date! Let me write yeah. it down. 17th of September, Cayman Day number two. Um, we're going to shake things up a bit and maybe even bigger. <laughs> so, thanks. Cayman Day 2. Um, we also have some really great initiatives, including our Making Waves Award. So what we have learned over the years is we have Caymanians overseas doing amazing things. So we want to honor uh, one person a year for the incredible things that they've done overseas with our Making Waves Award. So we're putting together that for our annual reception to be announced later on in the year. So we'll announce it um, first first part of this year. Um, and we'll be asking people to nominate Caymanians overseas who have done um, wonderful things. That gave so, me chills. Uh, this is amazing. The Making yeah. Cayman Connection Making Waves Award. Yes, Cayman Connection Making Waves Award. 
So it's all about celebrating Caymanians overseas, as it always is, uh, and being together and, and supporting each other and, and lifting each other up. You know, like part of the network is, hey, did you realize so-and-so is doing that? I mean, the amount I've learned about people doing things overseas that we just, we hadn't realized is Hallelujah. incredible. That's, this is another way to, to bring that to the fore. Oh, I love it so, so much. Yeah, we, we do a lot of work with mental health as well. Um, so we're going to continue what we started with mental health. Um, this really spurred from, I have, I remember a few years in with Cayman Connection, my, my drive was a lot about um, connecting students to professionals and making sure they got the best out of their education and their career overseas so they could bring it back to Cayman and, and, and networking and this professional networking. I was really driven on that. And I remember really significantly having conversations with the scholarship secretariat, um, obviously worked closely with them and other private sectors who offer scholars. And I remember them saying um, to me about a kid who had come across and just, just didn't do well at all and, and was struggling being far away from home and actually had to come back after the, the second term. And, and there were a few students who come over who, who really find it difficult and I was like oh my god I've been running this network for three years and I didn't know this person I didn't know who, I wasn't there to help them and that feeling was just like oh that I could have you know I may not have been able to but the fact of the matter that I was so I was so uh, driven by professional success that I was forgetting the first layer which is um, well-being and mental health and the culture shock and um, making sure that uh, young Caymanians who are coming overseas are okay, because without that layer, they can't. They, they're not going to get to the the, the ease of the professional part, the professional the part. part. You know, yeah. it's um, it's really really important. So we completely sort of backtracked a little bit um, that year year three or four and where we were like okay actually this is a, more about support it's about helping each other and it's about that you know making sure that anyone who is struggling has somewhere to reach out to um and that um that care that that is that is needed to try either to 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 help someone who's going to go back home and going back home is not a failure by the way you know go out try it and if you want to go back home that's fine just so long as anyone knows that you know there is the support network there um so we we try to continue to do that so we've got a whole a whole webpage um, dedicated to mental health where we signpost all the uh, UK mental health providers not all of them but the, the main UK mental health providers if, if you need but also those in Cayman that you can reach out to uh, virtually sh should you need as well and then our whole first quarter is dedicated to, to mental health and well-being. So all of our events will be connecting to mental health providers in the UK and just making sure people feel connected and not alone in anything that they're going through. So the whole first quarter is mental health. The whole first quarter of 2022 is mental health focused. Health and well-being. Health and well-being. Okay. We also talk about physical health, which is connected to your mental health. Oh, it is. I've been learning that personally. Oh, yes. <laughs> but... So I, I work with horses in equine assisted psychotherapy. It's actually psychotherapy for humans. In my case, mostly young people, although we work with adults and families as well. And we use horses with us as therapists. Um, so horses have an innate understanding of energy and um, they're very clued in on how people are feeling and they sense things that uh, we as humans 
might not necessarily sense. So with the horses, we can get a better understanding of what's happening um, with somebody. Plus, the horses enable um, people that we're working with to externalize what's going on for them. So they can describe a certain situation by using the horses and how the horses are interacting with each other. And that'll give us insight into what's happening in their world so that we can then work out how to help them. So the horses are really, really incredible therapists who knew and I'm pleased to say we actually now have equine assisted psychotherapy in the Cayman Islands. So I'm, really? I was delighted at an international conference of Igala, which is the institute that I practice under. Um, and I, I bumped into in the in the food queue <laughs> when we were uh, when we were just about to have one of the big sessions. Um, a couple of people from the Cayman Islands, Cow, uh, Shana from Cowboy Town Stables, uh, and um, uh, we talked all about equine-assisted psychotherapy and how it's happening in the Cayman Islands. Um, so uh, another and, connection. Another connection, which was great. <laughs> right. So there will be more on that from me later, but for now, that's a little snippet. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Kate. And thank you for putting the whole network together. It's because of you that I'm sat here being, uh, talking to you on the Cayman Connection podcast. <laughs> Well, as I say, I, I, I step back in the background a little bit because you guys run it so well and do such oh. amazing things. And, and Rita's fantab fantabulous. Fantabulous. Oh, yes. oh so yes. We've got a good team. It's certainly not just me. It's the team that make this happen. But thank you for starting it. That's the important thing. Thank you. I'm thanking you personally. I would say on behalf of everyone else. I'll say on behalf of everyone else. Thank you for putting together this initiative. And staying in the long game because long now we're all benefiting it's beautiful the sense of community is unreal thank you 10 years in the making being around for 10 years <laughs> 10 years in the making and we're still at teenage phase i think with the organization so we've still got we've still got lots to do fair enough all right kate so what does bliss look like for you do you know that has changed so much over the years that's really interesting. It's such an interesting question because now bliss means for me, it's very much centered around calm and balance. Mm -hmm. And I think no matter where I am or what I'm looking at or who I'm with, if I have that sense of calm and balance, that's bliss. Um, so, you know, part of me could say, well, bliss is with my horses, bliss is stroking my dog, you know, by fire, or bliss is with my children, watching them grow, or bliss is with my partner and the love that is there. Actually, it's all of those things, but really what's important to me is that peace and calm and balance deep down. Hallelujah. But if you'd asked me 20 years ago, bliss would be very different. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Exciting crazy party, you know. <laughs> where's the next business? Where's the where's the next challenge? Oh, um, you know, that would be bliss for me. You know, keeping on my toes. Now I'm just like, oh, I'm, I just want everything to be running smoothly and everybody to be happy, and that that's bliss for me Thank now. Thank you. That's awesome. Very good. I don't know what bliss is for me. <laughs> I ask some of these questions, but I don't know what the answers are for myself. So it helps me think too. Uh, I would probably say, what is bliss for me? It's music. So it's, I would say, yeah, listening to a good song. That's where my bliss comes from. All right. So in closing for you then, I want you to fill in the blank for me. Usual question. Life is... Glorious 
astounding, awe-inspiring. It's also complex and complicated. Mm-hmm. But I think life is as simple as you want or need it to be. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, I think I should probably say life can be as simple because life is very complicated and very complex and goes through all kinds of interjections and journeys and challenges. Um, but I think life can be as simple as you want or need it to be. Absolutely, because it's it's. You'd be able to look at it in that way. I think that's yeah. That's, the the message I get from it is well, it's empowering still because you can shape how you want it to be. You know, once you get once you figure out the complexities and the complicated bit, the hard stuff, you can then choose to simplify all of that because it's about how you react to it and mm-hmm. how you plan for it. Absolutely. <laughs> The magnificent Kate Kandaya, thank you so much. To hear more information about what we do at K-Mind Connection, visit www.kmindconnection.org. Did I get it right? You did. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for everything you do. Thank you for these awesome podcasts. (laughs) Thank you for enabling me. (laughs) Brilliant. And that was another Caymanian overseas. Out of sight. Not out of mine. Yeah, TD. Und that.